Welcome back to the Gathering Podcast. On this episode, we're going to be talking about Proverbs 13.22 and what does it really mean for a good man to leave an inheritance. Um, so, Proverbs 13.22, uh, if you don't know what that verse is about, please read it. Um, but I guess I can read it for you here. Uh, in the ESV, it states, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. So, Will, what do you think? I think uh, that this is something that we need to talk about at the first of the year. Um, at least a lot of people are making goals and resolutions and stuff like that, and they want to start off this year, 2020, with you know a good financial plan. And I think this is a, a great goal to help us start off what kind of plan we want for for our finances, for our kids, for our grandkids. And if I sound a little weird, it's because I'm getting over a cold, and so I'm still a little stuffed up. And if I start talking too much, my throat hurts. You know what? I'll just make Trav talk. That sounds good, and I can talk right now. Um, so for me, um, I I don't know if it was just uh, the fact that I grew up in a rather poor community or if it was because I grew up in a poor household, um, whether it was the particular Baptist church that I went to at the time. But I always heard that, um, that well, it, it's not necessarily talking about money. Um, and I just, I heard that all the time. And for me, I, I wasn't necessarily hearing that from what I would consider uh, financially successful people. And by when I say financially successful people, I'm definitely referring to financially successful Christians. <laughs> um, but it, it was always someone um, maybe on the lower financial scale and never really maybe maybe at the beginning it was someone trying to like lift that extra burden of, you know, well, you're from a poor family, so, you know, you you don't have to have such high expectations for yourself type of a thing. But it never seemed to really come across that way. It almost always seemed as if people were using that as an excuse to be lazy or to choose other things. And so I've, I've just, I've always heard that. Um, and I wanted to kind of clarify some things and just point out that, uh, it, it pretty much indeed is talking about money. Yeah. So if I'm going to use that verse and say that an inheritance is not talking about, you know, money, then basically I'm thinking that it's an excuse. So just like what you're saying, like it's somebody who they're saying that because either they've made some bad choices or they're lazy. They don't have anything to leave behind. And I'm not saying that, I mean, it hap there's good poor people. 
Absolutely, sure. Uh, and, so, and I mean, uh, for crying out loud, I I don't know any wealthy missionaries. <laughs> sure, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I and you can't deny that they're definitely leaving um, an inheritance of sort um, for their children and children's children. But yeah, absolutely. If you wanna if you wanna throw an add on onto that verse and say, um, a good man leaves an inheritance as well as um, wisdom and education and all these different add-ons, then sure, go ahead. But I would like to point out that you cannot deny that this particular uh, portion of Scripture is talking about money or, yeah. or, or um, property, estates, Wealth in general, herds, flocks, whatever it might be, um, that I think it's fairly clear that this portion of scripture is, is referring to that. Let, let's talk about first what this verse doesn't mean. So it says, a good man leaves these things. Does that mean if I don't have an inheritance for my kids to leave behind money, wealth, property, does that mean I'm not a good man? I, I don't think that that's what this is trying to say. I think um, what it's trying to say is that if you are, um, and you kind of put me on the spot here on this one. I know. I, I knew I was throwing the curveball, and I, I, <laughs> I have like, We didn't I have, talk about this before. I have a good verse here even that answers it. Well, great, then. But, I'm going so. <laughs> <I'm gonna laughs> to defer that to you, then. So uh just want to see how you were on your feet. Um, Proverbs 28.6 also, so can you be poor and a good man? It would it would almost go against what those verses saying. Sure. But Proverbs twenty eight six says, "Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways." So sure, it's not necessarily about what you're leaving behind. It's about it's about the heart of the man, and. We want to talk about the inheritance part because, not because that's what makes someone a good man, but because we think, you know, especially younger men who are starting families, this verse, you know, can help set them up financially where they're going to make those good decisions, where they're going to be able to leave an inheritance for their kids and provide for their grandkids in the long run. Sure. And, um, one of the commentaries that we're going to get into a little bit later on, I think we'll touch on that um, very well, um, or or well enough. <laughs> um, but uh, so diving in here, um, if we look at so, if you don't know what the Bible Project is on YouTube, you are missing out. Um, check them out. They are. Uh, it's a yeah, I'm not even going to explain it, but there's uh, an explanation for every book or or a description of every book of the Bible. Um, some of them have two parts, and they're they're just probably a six to eight minute video that really gets in on the content, gives a awesome big picture view, um, and they're done by some really cool cool guys. Um, but anyway, the, so the Bible Project. Um, states that the the proverbs are not about or excuse me the proverbs are about probability and not 
promises. So <clears throat> when they're when they're discussing the Proverbs, and uh, they specifically mention that chapters 10 through 29 are just simple phrases that help you live a better life um, or more and, and be more wise uh, here on earth. So, so there's a, there's a, you know, a beginning and end to, uh, that book, but the, the phrases here, we're definitely not looking at Proverbs as a, um, large conceptual conglomerate. <laughs> um, it's, it's not about, well, what did the verse before it say? What did the verse after it say? You're really digging into just that verse. They're just one-liners of truths that will assist you in bearing uh, a more fruitful life. Um, <clears throat> so one of the, uh, uh, again, wh- why why this particular verse? There's, there's um, 19 uh, different chapters here that we could be discussing. And we're stuck on this one verse. Well, for me, it was, um, it was just, it was really confusing because I'm reading something that tells me give money to your grandchildren. And I'm hearing things from people that were saying, well, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, um, and, and I've always been confused because I, I am not, I don't, <laughs> I don't feel I am, but I want to be. A good man, and so therefore, um, th- this verse has just always stood out to me as a little bit confusing and wanting to to dig into it. So, um, but if you look at Israel's history, um, we can really see that possessions, wealth, um, was definitely an earthly reward that was um, that was given to them by God, not to be confused with a heavenly reward. Um, but just, just, you know, recapping Noah's family, um, after the flood, they inhabited the entire earth. Like that was theirs for the taking. Um, a little bit soggy at first, but it was theirs for the taking. Um, Abraham in, uh, Genesis 12, um, God says, uh, commands Abraham to, to leave his family and, um, leave your father's house and uh, go to the land that I will show you, uh, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. And if we look at um, the particular word nation, um, I think in our society today, when we think of a nation, we think of um, man-given boundaries on a plot of um, land and people that live there, that is... That is a nation. Um, but really, if you look at the meaning of the word nation, it's a body of people united by common descent um, that inhabit a particular country or territory. So when he says, I'm going to make you a great nation, he is talking about his family, and he's talking about land. Um, and, you know, m- moving on even into uh, Genesis 15, um God specifically says, uh, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur to the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. Um, so again, um, earthly possessions being uh, a 
a gift from God. Uh, again, we see it uh, with Jacob in Genesis 35, uh, uh, excuse me, verses 11 and 12. Um, God says that he will give you, the, or that I will give you the land I uh, gave your fathers. So again, he's going to inherit um, his father's property. Um, Moses was leading the children of Israel to the land that flows with milk and honey. So, you know, prosperous land um, and and physical property, prosperous, you know, milk and honey. They're going to have lots of wealth because of what the land gave them. Um, and these all show blessings of wealth in great lands and flocks and herds and um, and whatever the that land gave them minerals. Um, so, if just just looking at okay, Proverbs is an Old Testament book, and if you look at many of the stories throughout the Old Testament, there's a lot of talk about um, land and property and. Um, you could call them estates, if you will, wealth uh, being passed down, blessings being passed down, um, even uh, Jacob and Esau fighting over the inheritance. Um, or yeah, so all through all through Scripture, not just the Old Testament, but all through Scripture, you have many references to inheritance. Um, Deuteronomy speaks of you know. Who should get that inheritance? Talking about, you know, firstborns and stuff like that. And maybe that's not where you're going with this, but even, even though all throughout scripture, I guess, so you started going, talking about, you know, why this means money. Why this inheritance means money. And you're saying it means land, it means wealth. So it's whatever physical thing you have that you've gained, that you can pass on to your kids, your grandkids. Sure. And Jesus sure. himself... And, and, and just basically pointing out that, um, you know, during the time... Yeah. Um, that that was a common theme. Um, and even even when you look at the, you know, uh, some, some commentaries that I had found, um, Joseph Benson's commentary, um, he, uh, he mentioned... <clears throat> I really like how he put it, actually... Um, he said, a good man leaveth an inheritance, and then he describes it as a man that doeth good with his estate. Sorry, I'm reading it verbatim. <laughs> a man that doeth good with his estate takes the surest course to settle it upon his pros- uh, posterity for many generations. Um, and then it says, uh, you know, back to the verse and the wealth. And it says, rather, but the wealth of a sinner, um, of him who regards nothing but his own sinful lusts and pleasures shall be transferred from his family into that, uh, into one that is truly, uh, virtuous. So, again, the, the commentary is referring to money, but I really like how he talks about it here because it's not, necessarily even talking about great wealth it's just talking about like you said what he had um you know a man that doeth good with his estate what he had um takes the surest course um the most certain course the best course 
to settle it upon his prosperity for many generations. So, um, you know, even even Matthew Henry's commentary mentions that, um, and 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 that's a rather longer one too. But um, basically, describing it as the servant of God who is not anxious about riches takes the best method of providing for his children. Um, that's how he sums up the verse. And again, um, they're they're pointing to uh, wealth or. Um, property or estates, that which you have, um, you know, a good man will make sure that it's being properly dealt with for his children and many generations there beyond. So for our listeners here that are single, what would you say this verse is talking to them about? I thought we already said that we were going to pass that to you. <laughs> yeah, um, change my mind. I no, I you know I I guarantee you it's applicable. I I guarantee it is. I have not really given that much thought. Um, I, I mean, for first of all, if you're looking at um, you know, if if you are a a single person or um, someone without children, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that you might not ever have children, um, even if you don't foresee yourself sure. having children. But I think just the idea of ensuring that your estate is well um, taken care of, that you've that you've prepared it for when you're you you know your death <laughs> when you're no longer here um, is, is still in a good thing to do. And, and right. So, so we've talked about how we need to have a good man's going to leave that inheritance. Uh, but the how to, I think is what is applicable across the board to those with kids, to those who are single, because everyone's going to have something a job, money, property, you know, vehicle, whatever it is, knowledge, wisdom, you're going to have something. And what you do with that in order to make it last, because if you're single and you don't have kids, you still want to have that wisdom to be able to make at least make it last through your lifetime. Sure. Right? And it's that same wisdom that's going to pass it on to your children and grandchildren. And we didn't really discuss <laughs> getting into the specifics of how to do all that. And no, that was more of a that was more of a curveball thought that we just came up with. Right, and, and nor nor record here. <laughs> nor should we go into a lot of specifics. No, uh, about that because we are not financial advisors, people. Most certainly not. <laughs> However, ge- just generally speaking, for for someone to be able to leave an inheritance like that, you have to have a financial plan. Of some sort. It doesn't happen accidentally. No. It won't. It's impossible. You have to have some sort of financial plan. Um, and, you know, some of you already know this. Some of you have already accepted Dave Ramsey into your heart. <laughs> but, so, this might not be new for all of you. But, but I mean, but honestly, if, if you're starting out, um, Dave Ramsey's not a know-it-all, but if you are starting out 
financially and this is the first time you're putting together a budget or you're in debt and that's all you're trying to do right now, absolutely start looking into him and what he calls his baby steps. Oh, it's a it's a perfect starter plan, I think. And so just a few more proverbs here that I had written down that kind of just gives you a very general brief financial plan uh, is Proverbs 21.5 talks about there's no shortcut to wealth. Um, so Proverbs 21.5 says, the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Like you gotta, it, you can't go play the lottery every day and think you're going to get wealthy and leave an inheritance to your kids. Sure. And, and I think statistically we, we all know that. Um, not saying, <clears throat> not saying that, you know, when that, when that Powerball hits that, <laughs> you know, 300 million, I don't like, ah, I'm going to give you a couple bucks, you know, but, uh, no, that, that, that can't be your plan. Um, statistically it doesn't add up. And in fact, most people who win large sums of money, end up losing it because they don't have the wisdom that it takes to, uh, as you said earlier, to, yeah. to maintain it. Um, and and I think, uh, I'm trying to remember, did we talk about this before we started recording or after? Um, so we were, we were discussing how um, you can, you know, you can add on to, um, the inheritance or what it means to leave an inheritance, but you can't take away from the fact that it is actually talking about money. Right. Um, and, and so when you're talking about adding on, um, you had mentioned, um, when we were kind of given the game plan for this, you said that, you know, you can have a huge mass of wealth and, give it to your kids or your grandkids, but if you haven't passed down the wisdom on how to handle anything like that, then you've given them nothing really because it's just going to be thrown away and wasted. And and I know that's true for for many things. I was never really taught uh, as a child um, about maintenance. Um, You know, I, I knew how to do a lot of different things, but I was never taught that at the end of, you know, the fall, you, um, put stabilizer in your fuel and you, you know, <laughs> drain the carburetor on your, on your lawnmower and, and all that type of stuff. You know, I, I was never taught any of that. And I've, I've probably thrown a lot of money away, um, learning it the hard way. So most certainly there are other things that you can leave as an inheritance. And I think, you know, if we jump back to, um, Benson's commentary, just that, you know, a good man um, or a man that doeth good with his estate. So whatever it is that you have to give, give it. But you have to be giving it, <laughs> you know. You have to be um, settling it and making sure that it's going to get passed down to your kids. So whether it's, you know, your Beanie Baby collection or, <laughs> or you know, um, we talked earlier about even just the knowledge and love of Christ. You know, you can, you know, I, for me, I, I talk a lot about 
wanting to leave a mass wealth for my children and grandchildren. That's a dream of mine. Um, but if you look at my actual actions, I've taken a couple hunting trips. I've, you know, I've, I've done some, some things that show that maybe it's not as high on my priority list as I would like it to be. Um, and your actions are always going to show that. Um, um, so if you're, if you're saying that, you know, oh, I want to pass down, um, to my children and my grandchildren, the knowledge and love of Jesus Christ and, and the salvation that he offers. Well, that's great. But are you doing it? Because I see so many times where families step into church with their kids every Sunday and they have this dream of, you know, their children and grandchildren all coming to church together at the same time and worshiping God. But the actions that they're doing the other six days of the week are not leading down that same direction. You know, they're not leading down that same path. And um, so, you know, you what you really have to do is you have to have that action plan. You have to decide what is it that I'm going to pass down and then do it. You know, that's you can't just say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave my house to my kids and then end up in so much consumer debt that your your house gets taken by the bank when you die. You know, I mean, you you really have to you have to actually put the plan into action. Sure, and that's why we need these other proverbs. <laughs> we need the how tos of Scripture, and you know, Proverbs fifteen twenty two: Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. I mean, so getting getting yourself around people who are financially stable. Or actual financial planners. I have one, and I don't use them enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, not only that, but you know, part of a financial plan is making the plan and then giving it to the Lord, because uh, Proverbs sixteen three says, "Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established." And and that's talking about everything in life. But so the simple fact is, Jesus talked about money. Probably 25% of what we have written in the New Testament is him talking about money. Money is certainly important. It's, it's more than he talked about love. And so he knows, you know, it's a, it's a timeless word, the word of God, but it's also timely for us. And, and I want to clarify, I, I don't believe you're saying that money is, um, more important than love because it's, so important to have. I think, uh, I think one of the reasons it was talked about so much was because it can become such an idol. Absolutely. That it can, it can destroy what love you might have. So it, it's not that it's more important than love, but that you have to be aware, um, to, to not let it be an idol. And that's, and that's one of the other things that you, you set this plan in play, but you do need to give it to God because God might have another plan for your life. Um, he, he, you know, he, he might want you to, it's just, it's, it's easy for money to become, uh, a center focus. And essentially anything that we put above God is our God. It doesn't have to be an actual carved out idol. It doesn't have to be anything. It can be sports. 
it can be um, fishing, it can be uh, working in your backyard, it can be um, time with family can be a god. Uh, I mean, time with family is a good thing. I think we can all agree with that. But when you're putting time with family ahead of, uh, let's say, ensuring that you can pay your mortgage, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's probably an idol in your life. If you're putting time with family above um, worshiping God, it's definitely an idol in your life. And so anything can be an idol. And I think, again, that's why they, that's why Christ focuses on it so much, just because um, of its evil potential. Absolutely. And I want to hit on that just a little bit, but one of the last things, just Proverbs thirteen eleven, uh, just some more advice for our plan. It says, Wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. So you, I mean, you can't fund your savings account overnight. It's going to be little by little, chipping away, putting money into it. That's gonna, it's gonna grow. Whereas, you know, we talked about earlier. So you win the lottery. Statistically, most lottery winners end up in bankruptcy a few years later because they don't they don't know how to manage their money. But if you have a plan in place and you're putting little money aside in your savings account, little by little, you know, month after month, that in itself is wisdom. And it's that kind of person who is going to end up leaving that inheritance to their kids. So most, so 40% of Americans, though, don't even have $400 set aside for an emergency. It blows my mind. I don't. I don't know how. Um, I don't know how anybody can uh, feel that they are being wise, um, and not. And and again, maybe maybe some of that's circumstantial, as far as they they barely make ends meet. But I I know a lot of people that barely make ends meet that only work one job, and um. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, I've talked to a lot of folks who are most of whom are done retired now, but that worked through the 50s, 60s, and 70s in factories 12 hours a day, seven days a week. And I don't think anybody's putting in that kind of time, you know? Yeah, so Proverbs 10.4 says, A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. So laziness makes a poor man. You know, it puts you into poverty. It's ungodly, and it puts you in poverty. And so that poor man, in in that case, if you're lazy, is not a victim. Correct. And they would like you to think they are, and they're going to ask you for money, but they're not a victim. And so if they say, I have any money, and you say, well, do you have a job? They say, no. Well, <laughs> the that's, two go together. That's, that's absolutely true. And again, I, I think if we jump back to what we what we were discussing a little bit um, at the beginning, as far as, you know, a lot of people I, I feel, and again, this is a total feeling. I don't, I'm not trying to um, be disrespectful in any way to someone who just isn't making a solid income, but there's been several times where I have, um, you know, felt that, you just get that vibe where somebody is um, 
talking a lot about their their financial problems and their financial stress. And at first you might think, oh man, they're in a bad way. I need to help out. But then I've I've dug a little bit deeper sometimes, including talking to employers and finding out that they turn down extra hours, um, that they're offered new positions that are quote unquote too hard. And so they don't, do them, you know, and t- to me, and it's, it's that type of person that I typically see pounding the message that, um, that it's not, uh, talking necessarily about money. And, and again, I think they're just creating an excuse, um, for how they've done things. And not, and not in all cases. I've had, some dear people that I know um, that do well and make good decisions and have um, uh, retirement accounts and everything that have have brought up the same uh, concept. But um, again, it's a really a heart thing, you know. Just like the passage in the uh, in the scripture that you brought up earlier, would you? Um, yeah. So Luke eighteen talks about the rich ruler, and I'm not going to read the whole thing here, um, but basically. A rich ruler comes to Jesus and says, you know, what do I need to do to be saved? And Jesus lists off, you know, there's hundreds of commandments. He lists off a few. And the guy said, yep, I've done all those. You know, so the rich ruler says, you know, I haven't stolen. I haven't committed adultery. I haven't murdered. Um, but if, if you haven't stolen, Jesus says, you know, jealousy is the same thing. So, I haven't committed adultery, but Jesus says that looking at someone with lust is the same thing. You know, I, the guy says, I haven't murdered, but Jesus says hatred, hating your brother is the same thing. So Jesus doesn't only care about our actions, but he also cares about our motives. So this guy, this outwardly, the rich ruler may have kept all those commandments, but he hasn't kept the spirit, the essence of those commandments. Um, and none of us have. Absolutely so it, not. It, we're not pointing fingers at this guy for sure. And so, basically, this guy's—it's like you know, a husband says, "You know, I take my wife out on date night every week," but he doesn't love her. You know, so it's—it's it's not the action. You know, he's taking his wife out on a date. It's not the action that he hasn't physically stabbed somebody, murdered them, but he doesn't even love her. He. He has, he hates his brother. You know, he looks at every woman that walks by him with lust. There's, he's still broken these commandments. But Jesus steps back and says, okay. Alright, I'm not trying to change this man's behavior. I'm trying to change his heart. And he says, you know, alright, if you haven't broken any of these commandments, the guy says, no, no, I haven't. He says, alright. Go give away all of your stuff and then come follow me. And the guy can't do it. He's a, it says, I think scripture says that he's sad because of all his wealth. And so, is Jesus saying that every person who doesn't give away all their wealth and follow Christ, if you don't do that, then, then you're not a follower of Christ? Absolutely not. No. What Jesus is saying is that there's one God and we must worship him alone. So what this man was doing is worshiping himself and his money instead of God. So what Jesus was pointing out was this man's idol. He's pointing out, okay, you are worshiping money. And money is not the problem here. 
money is not evil and it's, you know, it's the love for money. It's when you turn something into an idol, when you start worshiping that thing. It's like, you know, if you commit adultery, your problem isn't sexual. It's that you're worshiping the wrong God. You're worshiping sex. You're not worshiping Jesus. If you're a glutton, the problem's not food. It's that you're worshiping the wrong God. You're worshiping food instead of Jesus. Sure. And I, I see that so many times and I just want to, you know, bring up a couple of other points that this, this was kind of some ideas that kind of popped into my head last minute as far as just what are some other possible, uh, avenues that this particular verse could be headed in. And one of which was just identifying that, um, that if we are good men, um, we will leave an inheritance. Uh, so what, what do we want that to be? Um, it, I, I know a lot of people that would claim or, or support the fact that their father or grandfather was a good man. Um, and I'm not going to say they weren't, even if they didn't leave them with any money, but they left them with something, you know, maybe it was, um, you know, grandpa's old rifle that he polished and, and took care of so that it lasted throughout his whole life. And, and now he has that. Um, maybe it was, uh, I, I don't know, but, but what, what is it that you want to leave behind? Um, that was point number one. And we touched on that earlier a little bit. Um, but point number two is that, um, you know, maybe the verse isn't even saying we have to acquire great wealth to leave to our kids, um, or to be a good person. Um, but if we are wise with what we do have and we can pass it down to our our, our children, but I know so many people that are not wise with what they do have. Um, and I'm referring to like, like I mentioned earlier, you know, I, I've gone on a few hunting trips. Now there was something I really, really wanted to do, but I spent a lot of money doing that. I mean, the, the equipment alone you need to go on some of these things, um, uh, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, you know, I've, I've talked to, I've talked to people that, um, say, oh, they don't care about money, um, you know, they're going to, you know, they could die tomorrow, so they're going to live life to the fullest today um, and not go to work and go fishing. Uh, and maybe not save the money that should be going towards this debt or that bill or the savings account, but they're going to spend it on that purse that they really want. Um or these shoes from Coles. Uh, refer to episode. Well, <laughs> refer to episode four. Um, and so, so again, uh, you know, the, we can be diving into lusts and creating gods out of things, and it's destroying the legacy that we will leave behind. I mean, there, you could make a lot of money, and and leave nothing behind because you've thrown it at things or um, experiences. I mean, granted, I love experiences. I would much rather spend money on an experience with my wife or an experience with my kids than a plastic thing that's going to rot. Yeah. 100%. But if you're doing that instead of 
paying the bills. <laughs> you, uh, trust me, I've I've mentioned it before. I've worked in palliative care, and I've seen how the financial stresses can tear apart all of the good memories and leave families in in just ruins. Um, and and in in some ways, I think it's actually people just feeding into the lust. It's easier. To sit here and use the excuse, well, I, I want to do family time, so I'm going to skip work on Friday and take my kids fishing. And then work tells you that they don't need you anymore, and then you can't pay your mortgage, and now your family's out on the street. And now you can't take your kids to go do those things. And now you can't take your kids. I mean, they're, this is what I'm talking about. You know, it's not... Um, it's 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 not the man's money that was the problem. It was his heart towards it all. And it's the same thing here. Um, you know, if you don't have great wealth to leave behind, don't fret about it, but take care of what you do have to leave behind. You know, um, and, th- and that goes as far as gluttony and, and I think that's all that that verse is speaking of because nowhere in that, no, it doesn't talk about leaving so much of anything, but leaving... You know what you do have, leaving an inheritance. Sure, I mean if you figure the uh, average income around the world, um, nearly every person that lives in the United States and has a job <laughs> uh, is is rich compared to the rest of the world. So anything you're able to leave behind um, would would be greater riches than. Now, if I leave a debt behind, is that considered an inheritance? <laughs> They're inheriting my debt. Well, if it is, then there's a lot more good men in the world than what, uh, <laughs> sure. than what I suspect. Yeah, so, so fools think about the good time, and wise people think about a legacy. So if, if you could have wisdom over money, or money over wisdom, what would you choose? Well, I, I, as I said, I, I definitely choose wisdom, because with... Wisdom, I could probably earn more money. But as you mentioned, you could have all the money in the world, but with no wisdom, you'd probably lose it. So right. <laughs> I definitely choose wisdom. So we're kind of running out of time now, but just to wrap this up, we could go on a lot longer and probably a few more and podcasts. On and but on. So to basically to sum it up, though, is what I'm getting is whatever you have, steward it well so that you can leave an inheritance to your children and grandchildren. And in order to steward whatever you have well, you have to have an understanding that it's not yours, that it's God's. You have to have a plan. You can't let that thing become an idol. So there's one God, and we have to worship him alone. But we also need to understand that not only do we have a physical inheritance that we need to pass down but we have the responsibility as godly fathers and husbands of a spiritual inheritance to pass down 100 percent. and so we have a treasure we should have a treasure regardless of what physical stuff we have and the treasure is jesus and we have an inheritance in christ and so that above all we need to speak christ into our children's lives and grandchildren's life as well as stewarding the physical things we have to give to them as well. And so Matthew 6 says, Do not lay up treasures on earth 
only, but treasures in heaven. You know, so there's a there's an account in heaven that we also need to invest in. Sure, sure. We have uh, <laughs> a retirement account that needs to. <laughs> it's going to last a lot longer than uh, whatever retirement you might have here on earth. Um, I tell you what, well, I I'd love to uh, talk more about this, but like you said, we are running out of time, um, and we will talk more about this. However, and I would love to get. Um, some more input. I, I think one of the, one of the best reasons for getting together, I, and in fact, this is the reason for gathering together at church on a Sunday. Um, and this is one of the reasons why we created the gathering. Um, because we learn so much from each other and the different Will and I, as alike as we are, are very different. And there's people who are nothing like us, and I want their input. I want to hear what they have to say, and and um, you have that opportunity, and we'd really love to hear what you have to say this coming Sunday, excuse me, Saturday, uh, which will be January 11th of 2020, at 6.30 in the morning at 963 North M18. That's the big green 963 building on North M18 in Gladwin. Um, there will be bacon and hopefully some more discussion on this particular topic. Um, we're trying to set some things up a little bit differently so that we have the podcast first uh, to help give a little bit of content, and we'll dig into it again um, over breakfast briefly. But uh, Saturday is mostly going to just be about chatting with other men and eating lots of bacon. Maybe we can even leave some sort of bacon inheritance to our grandchildren. Oh, I love it. Like a recipe? How to make the perfect bacon strip. (laughs) All right. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we will see you on the next episode.